What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah, Brian. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in to the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. This is the Stone On Air podcast, the weekly dose for July 26, 2017. My name is Brian Stone, at Stone On Air, on all social medias. Hit me up. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you hate. Tell me what's good. What's going on in the neighborhood? Gonna bounce around to a lot of different places today. Nothing locally going on, all that crazy. So, a lot of people in the news, a lot of things in the news. We'll touch on a handful of those, and I'll tell you more about that in seconds. I do want to say, um, man, the Nick Let's Go show last week was awesome. I've had Nick on a lot, but that uh, Super Deluxe Alex Jones video is still racking up millions of views. And nobody else in the local media here in Chattanooga decided to reach out and have Nick on for for any reason, to ask him to comment on it or whatever. I, I don't know. It, I, I look at my numbers on um, Internet activity, social media activity, and just overall downloads and listens to the show, and I had, I had about 150% more volume and traffic than I normally have. With um with a with with Nick on last week and I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to have more just more casual or uh, people's eyeballs on your product or ears on your product and why you wouldn't have an incredibly cool story like Nick's viral video on regardless if it's a radio show or a written piece or online or, or whatever but hell I'll take it I'll, I'll take all the uh, all the eyes and ears if if you want to let me have all of them but uh, I knew that was going to happen because it, it's a vi- that's the nature of viral videos and and uh, in, in internet wildfire you get you get a little bit of extra um, activity and I'll take that anytime I can get it so if you haven't if you missed that episode I encourage you to go back and check it out I uh, put down some money it's official it's moving forward now with the rebrand of the website i'll tell you more as it comes along it's still going to take a couple of months it's going to be basically a new media company of sorts i'm going to have video and audio and uh the podcast will live there of course it's still going to be stoneonair.com it's going to have i'm going to film every one of these shows from now on so you can watch these shows they're not going to be these amazing professionally put together um, awesome videos like you see on you know big time networks because I don't have a staff right now it's just me but it will be a shot with the professional equipment and it's gonna take a few months to get together but I pulled the trigger the money's being spent it's now an investment it's ticket giveaways contest lots of cool stuff going on I'll tell you more about that as it goes along and you know why would you want to watch the show i don't know the answer to that you probably don't so if you want that option it'll be uh, available later on down the line and uh, again I'll, I'll fill you in uh, coming up on this week's show chester bennington from lincoln park is the latest in rock and roll casualties and um rock and roll excess i should say casualties and I, while i wasn't a super fan of the band i um i liked what i knew and i i didn't dislike it 
And it's just another one of those sad stories. I'll talk about a little bit of that in the third segment of the show. Stone's Throw, are selfies bad for your health? The answer is kind of. Talk about that. And I need to make like a sounder, something that like you know, goes like, something like that for uh, the, like the fake Christian alert. Because, first of all, there's a whole bunch of them out there anyway, and mostly exposed by the election of 2016. But it's really fun. Y'all listen to me know I get a kick out of finding prominent people who preach and preach and preach and preach and shove it down your throat, and then you find out they're absolute, complete lying frauds. I love it. And the old Miss head coach is the latest. I'll get to that here in a minute. Healthcare is all anybody's been talking about recently. I'm going to talk about that just a little bit. It's not something I have a lot of strong opinions in because I don't know a lot about where we should go in that direction, and I don't have a strong opinion on it. But Henry Rollins had a pretty interesting piece. He writes a, a weekly or a monthly, I'm not sure, but a, a, a recurring piece in the uh, L.A. Weekly, Los Angeles uh, Alternative Weekly, that I want to read portions of that coming up here in just a minute. But real quick, just rapid fire a little bit. O.J. Simpson, the absolute worst guy ever. Absolute worst guy ever is going to be let out. Now, I understand the the argument of, well, it, in, in the American justice system, he was acquitted on the murders and he was put away absurdly for nine years for this stupid robbery of sorts that the state of Nevada ended up giving him back his his memorabilia that he quote unquote stole, but there were guns and drugs involved. I, I I don't know, but nine years is an excessive amount of time for this. What is pretty much a petty crime. And so I get it, but I'm also of the belief that this man is the worst guy ever and should be in jail for forever. And I don't want an asshole like OJ Simpson who's going to step right outside of the, the courthouse doors and walk down those steps and instantly become a millionaire again. He's going to be on immediately on reality shows. He's going to have YouTube channels, podcast opportunities, radio show opportunities. Sure, there's going to be a book. He's going to be everywhere, and it's going to be sickening. So I hate it. I think he's the worst, but um, it was so st- he's so st- delusional um, at this what was really kind of a bizarre parole hearing anyway, I didn't watch a lot of it. He actually said this, O.J. Simpson, at his parole hearing. And I realized in my nine years here that I was a good guy on the street. I've always thought I was, I've been pretty good with people, and uh, I basically have spent a conflict-free life. What? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a guy that I- ever got in the fights on the street and uh, with the public and everybody, but... Okay, well, O.J. Simpson didn't get in fights on the street or with the public or anybody. He was a really good dude living a conflict-free life, except for we'll take a walk down memory lane and the audio vault here. 911 emergency. Can you get again. someone over here now to 325 Gretna Green? He's back. Please. Well, he's okay. back. He like? He's O.J. Simpson. I think you know his record. Could you just send somebody okay. over here? Okay, what is he doing there? First of all, he broke the back door down to get in. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute. What's your name? Cole Simpson. Okay, is he the sportscaster or whatever? Yeah. Okay, Thank what is, you. wait a minute. We're sending the police. What is he doing? Is he threatening you? <laughs> Going nuts. You're going to hear him in a minute. He's about to go in again. Okay, just stay on the line. I don't want to stay on the line. He's going to beat the shit. Wait a minute. Wait, just stay on the line so we can know what's going on so the police get there, okay? Oh, I'm going
OJ Simpson says he lived a or has lived a very conflict free life. In 1997, OJ Simpson lost the civil trial and then the deposition tapes were released to the public. Do you ever strike her? No. Do you ever hurt her? Yes. Do you ever physically hurt her? Yes. Do you ever bruise her? Yes. You had your fingers around her throat, correct? Uh, I could have touched her neck, yes. You mean you could have touched her? This was I a violent episode, wasn't it? It was. I think any marks that's on her, I take full responsibility for. I don't know what else you want me to do. I take total responsibility. And, of course, in 1994, he killed her and Ron Goldman. And anybody with a functional brain believes that and agrees with that. The guy killed two people savagely, but whatever. He's now a free man. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, exposing fake Christians. But first, I just had to talk about this for a minute. I'm not a uh, fan of uh, of sharks or uh, amphibians or fish or I think I think they're they're creepy, weird. You know, the ocean is an odd place. Um, really, all aquatic life is an odd place and a scary place. Um, I was having this conversation with my friend that's a girl the other day who does love sharks, and I know a lot of people love the Shark Week stuff on Discovery Channel, and that's cool. I'm okay with that. I just don't. But it's kind of fascinating. The ocean is kind of like that mysterious fascination uh, that is like space and everything above us that is, for the normal person, is hard to understand. It's kind of what the ocean is. It's kind of like its own fascinating world of sea creatures and monsters and and um, and and different kinds of um, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. So I get the fascination, but this deal with sh- uh, what's his name Phelps and, and him racing a freaking shark. Phelps racing a shark. Now there's two things here, real quick, before I get into it that I've come to realize here, and these are two completely different, have nothing to do with each other things. Two things in America that we just don't care about anymore, and that is antitrust laws. That'll be another podcast for another day. But antitrust laws and false advertising. And the false advertising thing kind of just falls into the, we don't really mind being lied to at all. Everybody's lying to each other and everybody's okay with it. One big fallacy all over the place. It's just nothing but liars and frauds and everybody seems to be all right with it. And once upon a time, false advertising could bury you from a, a company to a product to a um, news source to a, 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 a entertainment delivery distribution source. I mean, if you were false and you weren't real and you were fake, you didn't get taken seriously. And now nobody cares about that. So for a week, Discovery Channel or whatever channel it was, was advertising that, that Michael Phelps was going to race a freaking great white shark. Now, I don't think that sounds interesting at all. But lots and lots and lots of people did. Now, I don't know. I guess you could say how stupid is it to think that this can actually happen? Because if you don't know, it didn't happen. There wasn't a shark. There wasn't a race. What they did was, is they like CGI or whatever, made this like fake uh, special effects shark and then took the, the numbers and the measurements that, they've, that scientists and biologists and marine biologists have put together to figure out how fast sh- great white sharks swim. And then they put that in the graphic in this... CGI affected kind of ocean or in the ocean where where Michael Phelps was swimming in one lane and then they had the fake shark swimming on the other lane based on the numbers of the average of, of a, how fast a great white goes. What the hell is that? That's nothing like it was being presented through advertisements leading up to this for a long time. Shark Week is a big week of television every year and people love the stuff. 
Now, again, maybe it was stupid to think that this was actually going to happen. How am I, How the hell am I supposed to know? How the hell can they get away with this and people not be outraged? I mean, maybe people are outraged. I don't know. But, I mean, we the question wasn't how fast can a great white shark swim? We already knew that. I mean, if you wanted to know, all you had to do was look into it and find out. The question was, can Michael Phelps swim faster than a, sh- than a great white shark in a race and beat the damn shark? That was the whole point and the way it was sold. It was complete false advertising. And the fascinating part to me, not fascinating enough to turn actually turn it on, but how can you race something and if it doesn't know that you're racing? Like, how, how can a shark race something if he doesn't doesn't have the mental capacity to understand what a race is so then you think do you put bait like you put some you know bloody bait at the at the end of the pool that's going to make it want to swim i mean those are the parts that were fascinating about this not michael phelps swimming and then a fake shark superimposed into the shot what a jip man what an absolute jip i would be mad as hell if i was somebody who looked forward to that kind of stuff every year luckily I'm not that guy. In Stone's Throw segment, I'll tell you how selfies are actually bad for you. But first, Hugh Freeze, the old Miss head coach, football coach, uh, resigned here in the last week or so. If you're a sports fan, you already know that. If you're not a sports fan, this isn't about sports. That's why I want to bring it up here to anybody who's listening to me that doesn't care about the old Miss football coach. But you know me. You know me. I love exposing a fake Christian when I get the opportunity. So I'll just a quick uh, rundown here. Ole Miss was having a bunch of NCAA issues. There's whispers for years. They got good overnight. I mean, it, they, there was a lot of a lot of questions going on. And so this is a piece from USA Today. It's just an opinion piece by uh, Jeff Calkins, and it says by Thursday evening the Ole Miss AD was presiding over a press conference and answering questions such as. A lot of people call him a fraud. What do you think? The AD said, I can only go with facts. What did the record show? The record shows Freeze presided over a football program that committed numerous NCAA violations. The record shows he called at least one escort service and likely more. The record shows he did all this on a university-issued phone. The record shows he did it while tweeting daily Bible verses. More on that in a minute. The record shows a rise and fall that will be remembered in these parts for a very long time. Was Freeze a fraud? Well, I'll let him answer that. And then it talks about some of his tweets. So I went to his Twitter page and started digging through this. So also keep in mind, this is a guy doing this, having conversations with people, calling escort services, whatever else they've dug up here, because it was a lot. It wasn't just one phone call to an escort service on a company issued or university issued cell phone that is that is always at any time for any reasons available to for, for open records requests. He knows this. This is a smart man who has done a lot of impressive things in his life to get to a prominent position of making four and five and whatever odd million dollars a year in one of a few of the prestigious high-end SEC college football jobs, and he had and he knows this. And the only the only thing he needed to not do was have sex with hookers. And if he didn't do that. He would have kept this job at $5 million a year for who knows how long if he just would have done one thing differently, and that's not have sex with hookers, or at least not contact them through his university-issued cell phone that could be exposed to open records requests for any reason at any time. 
But that's all of whatever. He's an idiot. Screw that guy. You want to have sex with hookers? Don't mean anything to me. So I went to this guy's Twitter page. And this is from between June, excuse me, May 25th and July 16th. I just picked out five of them. So the most recent one, dear God, I worship you today for the forgiveness of my sins, a love like no other grace and acceptance and the blessing of life. July 12th, when God promised to give us everything we need, he meant it. He just won't submit his power to deliver everything you want. From Hugh Freeze's Twitter account, thankful that through Christ, every day is Independence Day. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My Savior God has ransomed me. Hugh Freeze Twitter, great news, we no longer have to hope or pray that someday we can measure up to God's standard. Jesus measured up on our behalf. Have a great day. Somebody tweeted at Hugh Freeze, it said, all I want for my future is my husband and my daughter to have the relationship that Coach Hugh Freeze has with his daughters. Melts my heart. Hashtag Hugh Freeze responds, you are too kind and I am very blessed with three wonderful daughters and a wife that models for them how to love me like Jesus does. Oh, ugh. make me sick, you absolute lion idiot. And there's another one. And there'll be another one next week. And there'll be a governor the week after that. And there'll be a, a senator two days after that. And there'll be a, a, a college a, a director of athletics after that. And then there'll be a, a, a high school principal after that. Why are these dumb Assholes, so stupid. Go have all the sex with hookers you want. Do drugs, rock and roll, have fun, man. I don't give a damn. You know that. Just don't spew this garbage. It's 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 fascinating at how incredibly weak and stupid people, period, can be. If he just would have not had sex with hookers and called them from his university issued phone, he'd still be making five million dollars a year at Ole Miss University. Selfies are bad for you, and I have scientific proof. Well, maybe not scientific, but I'm right. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? I have said over and over and over for years that I like social media. A lot of things to not like about it as much anymore, but I still do. And I've been doing social media for longer than you, very likely. You're either too young or you're too old to have done it for longer than I have. And I basically use social media a lot differently than I used to. But there are a few things that have just got to change in America's habits. And it it is so fascinating how people's lives have been so changed and affected by social media. And it is making mental illness and it's making um, anxiety disorders becoming even more difficult for people to deal with. And certainly it's got to be difficult for young people to grow up with this. It's just another form of, of gossip. It's another form of, of self-importance, uh, evaluation, and, and and checking the temperature on, you know, does anybody like me? Do I have any friends? I, I, clearly it's not. It's That shouldn't be the way it is, but kids are kids. 
I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about grown ass adults. I'm talking about tw- you know mid twenty somethings and up. That uh, the part of the problem with the mid twenty somethings and below is they've never known anything else. But the people that are closer to my age, older, or and around you know, or even 10, 20 years older than me, do know what it's like to not have social media and to have this much connectivity. And so it's kind of like shame on you, man. How can you not get yourself under control? I think the main problem is that Americans, period, in general, don't have any self-control. So how, why would anybody expect for them to have social media self-control? So there's a lot of different things that need to be looked at and how, how your habits are on social media. Stop arguing with people about politics. Stop hating people over it. Block out people you don't want infecting your day with their, you know, their bullshit. I mean, it's, it's not very difficult. It's people just can't stop. They cannot stop. The biggest problem when I talk about people out driving around using their phone and texting and driving, it's really not. No, most people aren't texting like, you know, a text message. They're, they, their phone's dinging from their, uh, their notifications on Facebook. They can't stop liking things. They got to see how many people looked at their last thing. I used to find myself doing it more often where I'd be like, oh, man, I wonder if, if that's gotten any traction right now. I understand it. And I've also worked to try to, 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 to correct some of my mistakes that I've made over the years. I think I've done a pretty good job overall. But what I'm getting at with all that, walked about a mile to get 10 feet, it's selfies is the ultimate absolute asshole thing out there in social media. You have to stop this. And my guess is that most people listening to this podcast probably don't do that. Now, before some people who do occasionally do it get all mad at me, let me just kind of categorize the, the selfie, if you will. I've been involved with selfies before when people are, you know, if, if you're taking a picture of you and a few people, that's a little, that's different. I'm not talking about that. If you're taking a picture of even maybe you and your dog out doing something cool, fine. I don't have a big problem with that either. If you're, if that's not the point, selfie sticks and all that is not what I'm talking about. There is just this absolute epidemic of people taking pictures of themselves and posting on social media. How can you do this? What is it that you think you're gaining from this? Very few people think what you're doing is is interesting or fun or neat. Very few people are doing anything other than saying, the hell is a matter with this mentally unstable person. Hey, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in my car. Hey, look at me. I'm doing this. Hey, I'm on my way here. Hey, look, I'm standing here. And if every now and again, if you happen to be, you know, on the beaches or you're doing something that you just almost never have gotten to do, I'll even let some of those slide. But taking pictures of yourself in a car and posting it on social media is a douchebag thing to do. And if you know people that are doing it, you need to tell them that it's dumb. They're getting clowned more than they're not. And I looked at this piece the other day, dailylounge.com by Chris O'Shea. The selfie has reached epidemic levels. It's a sickness and it's spreading rapidly. The sad thing is that it's not treatable. It's like an infection immune to antibiotics. And it's worse than something like the flu because people don't even realize that selfies are bad for them. The selfie is such a virus that people are even changing the way they look, literally, because of them. The selfie has been around for years, but it really took off in 2013 when Oxford Dictionaries named it Word of the Year. There are even selfie products like an app that promises to make the user appear five or 10 or 15 pounds thinner. There's also a mirror that automatically takes selfies when you stand in front of it. And I'll come back to that portion here in a minute. Just one little small paragraph left here. And now there's a study that found plastic surgeons are seeing a rise in services because of the selfie. According to the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, 
one in three facial plastic surgeons surveyed saw an increase in requests for procedures due to patients being more self-aware of looks in social media. Hopefully the selfie bubble will burst soon. There's got to be a point where people get tired of taking pictures of themselves, doesn't there? Actually, don't reply to that question. The answer might be depressing. And it's got me thinking because I, I went to, uh, uh, I won't even, I won't even want to say where, so I don't want to call her out because she's a good friend of mine. But I, 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 me and a, and a friend that's a girl, it was about this time last year, we're going to a show and she took a selfie. She put, took a picture of us, both of us, in front of where we were going and immediately posted it to social media. It's actually a good looking picture. We both look pretty good in it. And it got a ton of likes and a bunch of conver- uh, thread on underneath it. Whatever. Didn't think much about it after that. You know, that's, that's fine. I don't care. Well, uh, I don't know. A couple weeks later, my uh, then-on-again, uh, mostly-off-again ex-girlfriend sent me a text or something that said, I don't know, she was being jokingly but kind of mean it like us. So who's the bitch with the perfect complexion? And... Um, I thought, perfect complexion? What the hell is she talking about? Because really, actually, the person I was thinking of, I would not have put in the category of perfect complexion. And so I went and looked at the picture, and I forgot. I realized that that day I had two blemishes on my face that were pretty noticeable. And it wasn't any big deal. I don't, stuff doesn't bother me. You know, shit happens. But I looked at the picture, and they weren't there. The, 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 the two zits on my face that were pretty easy to see that day, they weren't there. And then I looked at her face and realized, and her face looks incredible. Like, it does look like a perfect complexion. And then I thought about it. She posted that directly to social media, Facebook more specifically. She didn't, she didn't put it in some kind of filter on her phone and a couple days later after she you know, photoshops it up, then posts it, she immediately did it. So she had some kind of filter, some kind of something app that's built into her phone app, the selfie portion of it, that automatically made the people's faces in the picture have perfect complexion. It's so stupid. It's fake. It's not real. Don't be involved in things that aren't real. It's dumb, man. It's dumb. I like documenting my travels on social media just like everybody else. But seriously, you gotta stop taking pictures of yourself. And if you know people who are, you gotta intervene and tell them they need to stop doing this. Stop doing it. Hey, I'm on my way to the gym. No, you're not. You're a liar. Hey, look at this. I'm uh, on my way to doing something really important. It's not important. Stop it. Jesus Christ, it's crazy. This is the Weekly Dose for July 26, 2017, and the Stone On Air podcast rolls along. More coming up next. This is uh, the only song I could think to put together was Filter's song called Picture, but I don't like that song, so I went with uh, Weezer's Photograph instead. Coming up next, my thoughts on Chester Bennington for a couple of minutes and a little healthcare discussion and a piece from Henry Rollins. This is the Stone On Air podcast. Stone on.
on air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At zoneonair.com. Lincoln Park lead singer Chester Bennington has committed suicide. TMZ has learned that police were called to Chester Bennington's house in Palos Verdes, California. We're told the 41-year-old hung himself. Chester's been open with his battle over drugs and alcohol over the years, and in an interview a few years ago, even mentioned that the thought of suicide had crossed his mind after he was allegedly abused by an older male. You may know Lincoln Park through some of their hits like Crawling, In the End, and the collaboration work they did with Jay-Z, and their album, Meteora, was one of the highest-selling alternative music albums of all time. Chester also had a close relationship with Chris Cornell and on the day of his death released a very heartfelt message for the singer. Chester leaves behind six kids. He was 41 years old. the open of the show every day it's a old ryan adams song note to self don't change for anybody note to self don't die obviously we're all gonna die i am getting a little tired of reading about finding out about hearing about people close to my age not much older a little bit younger dying doesn't need to happen and often case it is when it comes from a world of rock and roll a mixture of alcohol and drugs that over time kind of morphs into a mental illness or at least mental instability instability i guess and you know in the going to talk a little healthcare in this segment and I think that really is something that people don't spend enough time understanding and I think for the longest time I didn't understand much about it and the more as I get older mental not mental illness is in my life but mental instability is at times I think I do well with it as, as far as able to keep it under control and keep my emotions under control but it's 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 worse and worse as I get older it's worse and worse as I've done drugs and alcohol and and other kinds of substances of of just living life that eventually can just start to deteriorate your body and your mind deteriorates just like your body does. And so I I get it. Like, I I used to think mental illness was just, you were just weak. You know, you were just a, you were just, you just, chicken shit, you know? You were a coward. If you had these kinds of thoughts, if you had these kinds of, um, battles with your demons and battles with yourself i didn't take it very seriously because i just thought you were you know just need to man up bro and i think that's kind of the southern guy redneck in me that i've you know rubbed off on me over 25 30 years of living in this area and just being a dude overall but it's just breaks my damn heart when this kind of stuff happens and when chris cornell committed suicide not too long back I, uh, I mean, I, that hit me hard because he was one of my rock gods. He was one of my, you know, grew up for 25 years listening to the guy. Now, Chester Bennington from the band Lincoln Park came a little bit later into, uh, you know, into my, when I was already been listening to different kinds of music, and I his thing wasn't as much mine at the time. He's also a lot closer in age to me. 41 years old, I'm uh, going on 37 and a half. And uh, what they did was really, really good. It was a, the perfect blend, really a pioneering blend 
of rap rock and melodic rock. And nobody did anything like this, what the band Linkin Park was doing. And nobody since has done anything like it, even though there's been copies and, and the genre's bigger now and a, and a thing. No one's done it anything like that since. At least that, that perfect blend and have certainly haven't had the success that the band did. And, uh, man, it just sucks. It just sucks. And if you get to a point where you feel like committing suicide is the only thing left to do, that has got to be an absolutely devastatingly sad place to be living. And I, and I wish people would take it more seriously. And it, it really is the combination of drugs and alcohol and just living unhealthy breeds it and deteriorates your mind and then you use those substances even more to try to cope with with what has that is what caused partially caused your mental state and now you're using even probably more of it to try to self-medicate and then uh, it's an endless cycle and I I just I hate to hear it and I know a lot of people who knew uh, Chester Bennington well from the rock circles of Lizzie Hale who I don't know Lizzie Hale but I've uh I know a lot of people who do know her and run with her in, in, in Nashville. And, of course, Letitia Wolf is one of my best friends, and she knew, she knew him, and she ran in circles of people who knew him. And so at first it was kind of like, oh, well, there goes another one. And then you start to realize and you humanize it more when you, when you realize you knew people that knew him and you hear stories and you talk to them, and, it's, and, they, and, the, and, and these people um, do things that you used to do, like play, played music. I can identify with the rock and roll lifestyle. wasn't any good at it, but I played and I enjoyed it and I had fun in the garage bands and playing at the little crappy clubs and getting bombed before and afterwards and every now and again a girl thinking you're cooler because you knew how to play guitar. I, so I got it. Like I, I, I don't know what it's like to make millions of dollars and be a superstar, but I at least I, I can identify. I can identify with that. So Chester Bennington dead at the age of 41 and... Um, yeah, that sucks. So the healthcare uh, debate has been out there a whole bunch. John McCain came back and out of just shortly after his surgery and 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 voted for the uh, motion to proceed. I think is what they're calling it. I I actually don't see what the big deal is. Everybody's acting like something horrible just happened. All they did was just vote to continue talking about it. I mean, healthcare has been a mess. Healthcare is a mess. I like a lot of the things that are different now that weren't before, but healthcare has never been in, in good shape since I've been alive, and probably it really hadn't been in very good shape since anybody listening to this has been alive. So I think continuing to talk about it is is a good idea. The problem is I'm not sure that it's going to be anything other than just political uh, lines down the middle and it ever, just be predictable. Everybody blue here, everybody red there. That's kind of what the way healthcare goes. I'll give you a couple more thoughts on healthcare here when I... Uh, get towards the very tail end of this podcast today, and I want to read this. Henry Rollins. It's from LA Weekly. He writes a, uh, a regular column there. It's called America's Real Safety Net. It's drugs, alcohol, cheap food, and free porn. All things that can deteriorate your mind and body, uh, as I was just speaking to just a minute ago, though that's not Henry Rollins' point in this piece. Since the inception of America... As much concept as actual thing, the poor have been despised by the rich. It's an adversarial relationship that has not relented from then to this moment. Since I've been alive, the country has operated like a stick shift car, driven by someone who has no idea how the parts work. There's been a lot of damage without a lot of movement to show for it. For many wealthy people, the poor are, for lack of a better term, a pain in the ass. 
The plea for equality is a hoarse cry in a country that was birthed in it and operates on inequality. There's enough money and resources to allow all American citizens access to health care, but it has simply never been a sustained priority. It's been fascinating listening to politicians and think tankers assure interviewers that the health care plan that was recently given a toxic bill of health by the CBO is a smart, sustainable replacement to Obamacare. They're trying to open a lemonade stand that sells piss. Not a single one of the members of either House of Congress will ever have to taste it. There is no existential threat to America that rivals what America inflicts upon itself. Centuries of this is one of the reasons Americans are such rugged individuals. I say this with no irony. I have been all over the world and have witnessed some rough scenes, but none of these places were self-promoted as the greatest country in the history of humanity. That being said, America is still one of the harshest places I have ever been to. For a large fraction of the American population, this country is a coast-to-coast school of hard knocks and sucker punches. He goes on to talk about the health care bill, the Obamacare, and then the, uh, the, the proposed uh, Trump care, as they were calling it, that was, that was not voted on back uh, a few weeks back. So I'll skip over that. I'm not saying lie down and die. I'm saying that it'll be a miracle if America ever becomes scientifically inclined and peaceful with levels of violence and discrimination that are less than horrifying. We're the scariest species on the planet, but one of the hardest parts to wrap your head around is that the one country that constantly reminds all the others of its greatness, the supremacy and an awesome military power, which also professes to be one of the fairest and freest, has some of the most unenviable statistics. If America's the best country, you would think all other countries would want to do the same thing, right? If all countries were like America, how many more years do you think the planet would be able to sustain life of any kind? The USA is not only number one, it's the only one. It's Henry Rollins, LA Weekly. Back on my old radio show a few years ago, I did a whole segment of why does America this? Why has America got this? Why has America got that? Because you often hear those questions and, and just insert whatever it is here. Like, why are there more guns in America than anywhere else? Why is there more incarcerations anywhere else? Why, why is there more drug addictions and, and just insert whatever? And the answer is very simple. It's because we allow it. We allow these things. We allow there to be this many guns. We allow there to be this much drugs produced and distributed through Big Pharma. We allow all these things to happen. It's the price of doing business. It's the unintended consequences of freedom. That old joke, freedom isn't free. It ain't free at all. It's expensive as hell, actually. I like living in a free land. I certainly do. But when it comes to health care, I believe it should be socialized. I don't know how, and I'm not a, I, I, this is not an area that I can even debate or have a, a very, very lively conversation with because it is something that I am rather ignorant to. I'm not smart enough to figure out how healthcare should work in this country, but I do think that it should be somehow in a package of sorts, for lack of a better way to put it, with like a social security. Because in a sense, it is another social security. We force that on people. I don't see why we can't figure out a way to do something along those lines. You know, I'll, I'll let everybody else have those arguments. Everybody has to have access to health care. I just don't know how you do it. And many, many other countries do it, and they do it well. And I've talked to many, many, many people from other countries who are very happy with their socialized medicine. And it can be done here, too. The problem is, is that we won't be able to necessarily make four more dollars. They might, they might lose four dollars. Big pharma, big companies, big conglomerates, big everybody might actually lose a couple dollars instead of every damn time something happens 
gaining $4. Sorry, bro. I ain't worried about it if you're losing a little bit of money out of the deal. We got to figure out a way to make sure everybody has health insurance. And I'll just throw this out there real quick on the way out the door here as I'll wrap up the podcast for July 26, 2017, the weekly dose. So many times when people want to have this argument and have this conversation, and when you're on social media and having these arguments, first of all, stop doing it. Stop having these arguments. Stop talking to these people. But you so often get people who use anecdotal situations into their arguments. I don't give a damn what your health insurance is like. I don't care about your father's health insurance either. And you can use this kind of comparison on a lot of arguments and debunk somebody really quick. Just because you have insurance that you like and are satisfied with doesn't mean that the Affordable Health Care Act is working properly. And just because you hate your insurance or think it costs too much or had problems at the hospital one day or your dad had this happen to him one day, just because those things happened doesn't mean that the Affordable Health Care Act doesn't work and is broken. It might be broken and it might work just fine. But your anecdotal evidence is not the reason why. So stop doing that, first of all. And if you know somebody who is doing that, don't let them play you like that. Don't get into that, yeah, well, when I did this, this happened. That doesn't mean jack, bro. Don't do that. But I don't know how you fix health care, but sitting around doing nothing is not, is not the answer. So, And Republicans and Democrats are not going to work together on this. Period. Period. End of story. Well, we just need to start working together. Forget it. Forget it. Not happening. Not in this environment. Not in this environment at all. Don't have any live shows set up anytime soon. I hope to make that change soon. I'd like to get out and do some interviews. Tim Kelly, hopefully, will be my guest next week via phone to talk about the end of the CFC season and some of the potential changes, or not potential changes, going into the 2018 season. And as I'll do, the same as when Wyland died a couple years ago and Chris Cornell died earlier this year, I'll do the same thing with, and I have been already this week, with Chester Bennington and Lincoln Park. I'll sit around and be reminiscing and listening to uh, one of the best screams and one of the best voices you'll ever hear. And this is from uh, this little quick, cool little hard rock cafe somewhere gig where... um, uh, this was like a few months ago. So, I mean, as, as you can hear in this live clip that I just uh, ripped off of YouTube, dude still had it. Dude still had it. And he died way too young. If you've got anybody who's dealing with mental illness or mental problems, and you, I, I see them on, I mean, literally, I don't mean to make a joke about it, on Facebook. I mean, there, there are people who have, you can tell, you can see they're screaming for help. And some of them are just people overreacting and don't have any self-control. And some of them are people who actually have real problems. And mental health is real, and take it seriously. Um, and drug addiction is obviously real as well. You guys take care of yourself. Don't be frauds. The truth is easy to remember, and this space is wide and vast. And I ask you to continue watching. We'll talk to you later. See you. Bye.